Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Since the onset of Sports Talk Radio, what do you think we do every morning? Of course we overreact. It's Keyshawn, J. Will. You guys are idiots. <laughs> Why would you overreact? Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're here at the South Street Seaport in Lower Manhattan. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote. Explore, quote, and buy all online at Progressive.com. The operative word there, Jay, easier. Boy, it ain't getting any easier for Drew Brees last night. But let's just set it up. He's 41. He didn't have his $100 million receiver. Key's nephew, Michael Thomas. They came off a win in week one. That was somewhat emotional just from the standpoint of how much attention was put on that game when they played Tom Brady. This is an organization that has been feeding off their fans forever. They have one of the best fan bases in football. The diehard, passionate New Orleans Saints fans didn't have them week one. Nobody had fans week two last night in Las Vegas. But Breeze struggled, and Breeze owned up to it, Jay. He was saying, I really need to focus on getting back on track. No sugarcoating the loss last night in his performance in Vegas. Well, look, not having having Mike Thomas, one of his best receivers, obviously, hurts. Correct, Key? Yeah. yeah, Yes, nepotism, as you would say. But also, I I would say this, you know, do you need Drew Brees right now to be great all the time, or do you need him to be great in moments? Uh, Still, with the way that they play, with the tools that they actually have, I know last night it seems like he's struggling, but once again, no preseason. And I know that we can make this argument applicable to, like, hey, well, Kyler Murray didn't have a preseason, or neither did Josh Allen. But at the same time, like with the weapons that this team has, I do think that we are overreacting for a game in this moment, and I do think Drew Brees still has it, and he will be fine. They're they're one and one. Okay, they beat Tampa Bay at home. They go on the road to the Raiders. Mikey is not playing. My, Michael Thomas is not playing. He's injured. When you're Drew Brees, preseason doesn't mean anything to you. Doesn't because you've been in the same offense your entire career basically since coming over from the San Diego Chargers. This system has been the same. Even when Sean Payton was suspended, the system remained the same. So there's not a whole lot of excuses as far as that goes. As far as seeing it clean, Drew wasn't seeing it clean last night. I think that when you look at the interception down the middle of the field, that was something that he just didn't see clean. The linebacker dropped clearly right in front of him for whatever reason. He didn't see it the way that he needed to to be able to put the ball on the other side as the receiver was trying to get to the second window. You look at a couple other throws that he missed on where it wasn't clean. And I think a lot of that is, it. it you know, he spent, he, he, he put the ball in, I want to say, eight different receivers' Correct. hands last night, but it's not the same as when your main target is there. It just, it isn't. You're, 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 you're trying to process this information. You're trying to understand where these particular receivers are going to be when you know that, Emmanuel Sanders is new to him. Michael Thomas is not. And he also gives you a different catch radius. You can put balls in certain areas that he's able to catch because he has this huge catch radius that you can put the ball anywhere and he'll go get it. And that happens a lot with quarterbacks with main targets, whether it's Tom Brady that had Gronkowski for many years in New England. When he was missed out of the lineup, that tight end position looked different. The balls were fluttering all over the place. That same delivery of the ball from Brady can go in a certain direction and Gronk would catch it. Same thing for Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. When you put the ball in certain areas, he goes and gets it. So having him back certainly would have helped. Drew Brees had a decent game last night. His game was not like just awful to the point where you're like, get rid of this dude. 
Short week, they will host the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. So that'll be interesting. All the chatter this week. He says it's not a big deal, but he'll go up against another oldie but goodie that is certainly turning back the clock. If you've watched Aaron Rodgers the first two weeks of the season, he has been lights out. Drew Brees is 41. And the one operative word with Drew Brees, and Jay mentioned it, folks, adversity. This guy has come back from incredible injury to take the New Orleans Saints to great heights. I certainly wouldn't count him out. Even at his advanced age, he has been able to overcome adversity on and off the field. As for Breeze himself, he says for all the criticism that he is being heaped upon, he's not worried about any of it. My job is to execute the offense, right? And so um, I'll, uh, I, I think I've, I've, I've always evaluated myself on being a great decision maker. And so at the end of the day, um, I'm going to throw the ball to the open guy, move the ball down the field, score points, help us win football games. You know, so that's my job. My job is not to have the most air yards or throw the ball down the field the most or anything like that. Um, my job is to help us win. My job is to help put everybody around me in the best position to succeed. And um, that's all I'm focused on. Keep going. Don't stop. Why did you stop? Yeah, that's not a – You're looking at a route here on TV? Keep going. The tight end, the t- the tight end has to keep going to the sideline. He stopped. Drew was anticipating. This is what I'm talking about. Drew's anticipating him to continue to keep going. He pulls up. Drew throws the ball. It looks like Drew's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Same thing underneath when when uh, Emmanuel Sanders is coming. Emmanuel Sanders see the the, the defensive defensive player over there. He stops. Drew throws so he can get square and target is right there. Just Play big, and you're boxed in between two guys. It it drives me crazy when I watch this stuff because I know what he's thinking. He's thinking the tight end is going to keep going, so I'm throwing it to that spot. The tight end kind of stutter steps and doesn't go. Emmanuel Sanders doesn't stop and give target and become sudden. All you got to do is stop, become sudden, give him the big chest in the hands. He puts it right on you. You make the completion instead. He stops, the ball's out, he has to launch for it, and it makes it look like Drew is off target. See, that's why I'm saying, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here willing to give Drew Brees the benefit of the doubt. Hall of Famer, right? Key just made mention of two plays where the routes actually weren't completed the way he would have thought they were completed for two incomplete did passes. You not, did I, you I saw, not see the video? I saw it with you. I saw, so, look, my thing is, it's a deep ball issue. Yes, potentially right now, but check downs underneath routes. Like, he was serviceable. He was serviceable right now. Now, do you need him to be great to win yes. the Super Bowl? Yes, but I'm not looking for him to be that caliber of player right now in the second game of the season. You think Chicago would like to have him? Uh, damn right. <laughs> oh, Chicago okay. would yeah. love to have okay. him. Okay, just saying. So you obviously have said it was just an off night. You've said you're not concerned. No, not at all. Us three watched it along with millions of people last night on ABC and ESPN on the 50th anniversary of Monday Night Football, but there were a handful of people that were actually in the stadium, boots on the ground, that had their eyes just hundreds of feet away from Drew Brees versus watching through the television. One of those guys was Lou Riddick, part of our Monday Night Football crew with Steve Levy and Brian Greasy, and to his eyes on the field at Allegiant Stadium in the press box last night. From his vantage point, there is reason for concern. What you do see is someone who right now, this doesn't look comfortable. His accuracy in ball placement is not as surgical as it typically is. And I also think, you know what, in the first game, you know, against Tampa, they had some opportunities to really strike down the field. They had some people open, but the offensive line, you know, broke down in terms of protection, and he wasn't able to get it off. So they've had the opportunities to do it. 
So they have to keep calling him. Drew has to hit him. And then they just have to kind of polish some things up. But I am I'm a little more worried after this game than I was after the first game because Drew just right now just something seems a little bit off. And I guess missing Michael Thomas, that'll also do it for you. Mm. You might be a little off when you when you don't have that guy. But they need to get to work. They need to get to work fast because the season isn't very long. Keep going. Just keep yeah, there is, you know, when you're watching these highlights back, we, we have a chance to have the monitor here. And you're literally seeing him, different players stopping in their routes. And Drew is throwing and, and, and thinking of advancing the ball during that route. And it seems like he has a lot of it's incomplete a, passes, but it's not his fault. It's, it's anticipation and it's hesitation. Okay, the anticipation is Drew Brees. The hesitation is the receivers. If they just complete the routes that's drawn up, you don't see the ball falling on the ground, dribbling at their feet. And because they're not on the same page, it speaks to what Michael Thomas has given him. A guy with sudden quickness that all of a sudden could get big in certain targets with catch radiuses, you wouldn't see that. Now, next game, you won't see that. Remember I told you this, Jay. The things that you saw against the Raiders, you won't see against Green Bay. Mm. Because what they'll go back and do is look at the film, and they'll say, you got to keep going on this. You can't stop right here. And then they'll dial it up, and the players will not stop. They'll keep going. It just it takes away from what they did or what they couldn't do during training camp. Because the training camp was, you know, it was whatever. It wasn't the same. And then if you get the reps at doing this in the offseason together – then when you go into training camp, it's smoother. You come out of training camp into the regular season, you've already done it multiple times, so it's, it, you could do it with your eyes closed. You're talking about the Saints. You could have been talking about the Saints' week one opponent. Everything you're saying, Tom Brady corrected from week one to week two. Absolutely. There got go. on the same page with his receivers. And, and, some took teams, a week. and some teams will go from week one to week two right. bad. Then they'll correct it from two to three. Right. The ones that don't get it done, one, two, three, and four – or finally get it done in five, but it'll be too late in six, and that's how it goes. Interesting. So we saw Tom Brady adjust from week one to week two, and Key is essentially saying expect Drew Brees to certainly do that from week two to week three. All of our guests this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the one and only Paul Feinbaum, who is one minute away. The SEC is back this weekend. From A to Z and the SEC coming. From A to Z brought to you by Dell. Save up to 45% during Dell's semi-annual sale on business laptops and desktops with Intel Core processors. Speak to a Dell Technologies Advisor, 1877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash business deal. So we spent a good part of the morning here in the last few minutes talking about what the Raiders did to Drew Brees last night. The Raiders are out of Oakland in Vegas, but Oakland still has the A's. And on Monday, if you were in Vegas placing a bet, I wonder what the odds were that you could have the Oakland A's be the first team in the majors this season to clinch a division title. When the Yankees and the Nats took the field on that first day of the season, if you would have said Oakland to hang a division banner before anybody else, their first one since 2013, they actually got it by being idle. The Astros lost to the Mariners and that essentially hooked them up. Big series coming for Oakland against Keys Dodgers in SoCal starting today. A little no-cal, SoCal. The NFL... Find three head coaches, Denver's Vic Fangio, Seattle's Pete Carroll, and San Francisco's Kyle Shanahan. Fellas, you want to talk about going outside without uh, a mask to the supermarket? You think you're going to get fined $100,000 if you go to the grocery store without a mask on? Or don't I, I, wear I hate right? to bring light to this. <laughs> Sean Payton and John Gruden are going to be next. Oh, Gruden mm-hmm. all night. Yeah. Gruden all night long. <laughs> no no doubt. Sean, too. I was sitting there going, <laughs> huh. 
There is no doubt about that. Although since Mark Davis gave him a hundred million dollars, he'll be able to reach into his uh, glove compartment, take out the hundred grand, and just and just send it off. It, it's hard. I'm sure First it's hard. Class to, problems. I'm sure. I'm sure it's hard to coach with the mask on, especially when you're used to screaming and hollering and talking. The teams. Oh, I feel so sad. It's so hard to coach with the mask on. No, I'm saying I'm sure it is hard for him. So, you know, coaches are a creature of habit. They are used to having their mask on. They pull it down. They get to talking and never put it back up. Right. They told McVay week one, there was a memo put out. McVay said, it's on me, the Rams coach. And then everybody disobeyed the second week. At least these guys did. The organizations, Jay, also find a quarter of a million. So a hundred grand for the coach, a quarter of a million for the franchise. I wonder if they're really finding these dudes. Well, good. I think the NFL should set the example. Put, keep your mask on. Yeah. Keep your mask on. There are more people watching the NFL than watching anything else on Look TV. Look Think about that, right? <laughs> there are millions of people watching the NFL, more watching the NFL than anything else in society right now until you know who and you know who debate. But <laughs> until we get to that point, nobody's watching more than football. So you're right. Set a good example. And speaking of a good example, Bubba Wallace, new ride for 2021, the only black driver at the top level of NASCAR. New team formed by, love this combo, Michael Jordan, Six-time NBA champion and three-time Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin. They will be racing under a single-car Toyota entry aligned with the ultra-successful Joe Gibbs. I racing. think Michael has dabbled in something similar to this with his uh, motorcycle deal, right, Jay? He had a motorcycle. It wouldn't be NASCAR. What's a motorcycle? Why? Vehicle? Why do I get the motorcycle reference? Oh, Never whoa, whoa. Nobody, nobody was thinking that. I wasn't that. even was thinking, thinking that. that. You was, thinking you was the one that was... Thinking, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's I was okay just if talking I can't about, be self-deprecating. Who cares? I was just talking about the motorcycle. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I yeah he's that. been involved for a while, yeah. actually. For a while. And motorcycle Brad Doherty, another North Carolina alumni, and him have been really good friends, and Brad Doherty actually owns a company as well. Brad Doherty, contemporary of Michael's in the NBA, college yes. basketball and, star. And, yeah, and the here. reason I the reason I said that is because he went to North Carolina, and I figured Duke, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Tar Heels, you would know more about that than I me. I put it all together. Okay. I got you. That's all. I, so, you the fool. Never mind. So, let's see. make a <laughs> I'm just saying, you the fool got on two wheels. Go ahead, man. Hey, hey I'm, right. I'm still alive, man. Appreciation. Yes, we're going to make a right turn. Here. You can walk it. You can put it on a motorcycle. You can do it in a car. We're just going to make a right turn here to our Paul Feinbaum. He joins us on the Shell Pens Oil Performance on Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Paul, as a college football fan, take us inside your thoughts on the SEC returning this weekend, the Big Ten returning here in just about a month's time. I think a lot of college football fans, to be honest with you, have been a little underwhelmed with what we've seen to this point. Yeah, I mean, you watch the games, and and there's, quite frankly, not a lot to see. Notre Dame has been dominant, so that's been one of the bigger stories. Miami has looked very good. But, you know, it's a lot of games that have been routes and a couple of interesting games, mostly involving Louisiana. Uh, But without the SEC, the Big Ten, uh, it has been uh, slim pickings. But that changes this weekend, of course, with the SEC with seven games. And then, of course, as everyone knows by now, the Big Ten shows up in a month. Uh, Welcome back to college football. But the SEC lineup uh, is not going to overwhelm you. Uh, Alabama plays Missouri. I think they're a a four-touchdown favorite. It may go higher. Uh, You have a couple of sneaky games. LSU, the defending champion, Zubin, hosts Mike Leach uh, and Mississippi State. That will take some getting used to. I mean, some other games that are a little more off-Broadway that are interesting to fans of the SEC but probably aren't going to have the entire nation riveted uh, to the screen. Uh, Paul, let me ask you this question because I can't figure it out yet. 
did the SEC change the schedule from when it first, you know, their first schedule that was released uh, several years ago in terms of SEC teams playing each other because they got rid of the non-SEC teams? Uh, essentially, the SEC uh, is doing a 10-game a conference schedule. So in the SEC, Keyshawn, uh, you play eight games, uh, six from your own division, and then you have two crossovers. So they've been – they've kept most of they, – they've kept the crossovers. Like Alabama – uh, should have played Georgia last weekend. That would have been the featured game of the day. Instead, that game will now be in week four. So they've added uh, additional in-conference games. Alabama, uh, the best team in the league, got Missouri, one of the worst teams. Uh, some people have, have, have raised their eyebrows about that, but it hasn't changed dramatically. It, it is weird, though, getting used to it because so many in people's minds are thinking you have to, you know, you win 10 games, 11 games, and now with, a, with only a 10-game season, uh, you have to really recalibrate your expectations for certain teams. But uh, it will be different. Uh, then there will be a conference championship game. In the Big Ten, uh, they will play it a little bit differently. They'll have an eight-game season. And, then, and I'm sure you guys talked about this last week. Then while the, while the conference uh, divisional champions are playing, it, then it's going to be two versus two, three, four, five, six. And then you have, I think, the, the coveted uh, eight or nine versus nine game, which I know we'll all be at. Uh, and, and, and that will involve you, Professor Zubin, probably because <laughs> Rutgers will be that number nine team. No pa- doubt. Paul, um, there's a couple new head coaches in the SEC, one familiar in the SEC, obviously, as an assistant in Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. But you got Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Who, what teams are the sneaky teams to look out for in the SEC? We also have Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri who came over from Appalachian State. In terms of sneaky teams, I mean, I'm really fascinated by year three of Jimbo Fisher. Remember, he got that incredible $70 million a year deal a couple of years ago to, uh, to flee Florida State, which turned out to be a good decision on his part. He has yet to really uh, win the country over. I think fans understand how difficult things are out there. So I'm really watching them very closely. And while they're not sneaky, uh, they're in the top ten I'm intrigued by Florida in, in Dan Mullen's uh, third year because you know, this program has rocked all over the place, um, and it seems like it's back. Uh, Florida ha- has to beat Georgia this year to, to make that claim for the college football playoff, but with Kyle Trask, who a year ago was not even the starter, uh, he was a career backup, uh, and then he came in when uh, Felipe Franks was injured. Uh, that, that, that looks to me like, even though it's a preseason top 10 team, it could be a sneaky uh, college football playoff team. And, and Georgia, which was the favorite in the East going in, uh, already has seen its uh, quarterback leave. Uh, Jamie Newman, who was a, a, a graduate transfer senior from, from Wake Forest, he opted out two weeks ago, uh, somewhat hard to explain. And then they have two, uh, a transfer from Southern Cal, JT Daniels, Keyshawn, who started early there and then lost his job, and, and now he's vying for the starting job at UGA. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Paul, Paul, who in the SEC is actually on the Heisman watch? Who should we know about? Yeah, I would start with, with Najee Harris uh, from, from Alabama. I mean, he, he's been there a couple of years. He came out of California, Jay, as the number one uh, running back in the country. And, you know, at Alabama, you're, you're playing with uh, the best of the best. So even though he has started, uh, it, it's taken him a while. But, but he looks like uh, he is going to emerge this year. And, and then, uh, you know, you, the, the league has already lost some of its marquee players. Jamar, Jamar Chase, the best wide receiver in the country who would have been on that Heisman list, opted out 
a, a couple of weeks ago. So you've seen some interesting uh, machinations there. And, and then it's just going to be, you know, one of these quarterbacks uh, that, that emerge uh, that, that could possibly be in the Heisman race. But as we know, and we talk about this in November and December, the Heisman usually comes down to teams that are in contention. So I would therefore go with, with Najee Harris, who is uh, going to play, I think, on the best team in the SEC, which is Alabama. I know everybody's surprised. <laughs> Paul, let me ask you this. Deion Sanders obviously took a job at Jackson State down in Mississippi. Do you see him staying there for a couple years and eventually landing a Power 5 job, even though he didn't get the Florida State job, which I believe he probably should have? Uh, if he does what I think he's going to do and what he's already done in, in, in 24 hours in the job, I think he will get out of there fairly quickly. I mean, he, he, he lit that place up yesterday, as you guys know. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you don't have to have background. Uh, I mean, Deion Sanders can recruit on his name. And what I mean by background, uh, you know, he has not been a coach. But, uh, you know, he, he's got as long as he puts a good staff around him, I think he'll attract players down there. It's a pr- pretty good, pretty good football program anyway. Uh, he would be he would be a, I mean, he would be a very bright uh, addition. And you think about that state already. You've got in one state. Uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, and, and now Deion Sanders. Uh, there's a lot of star power in the state of Mississippi right now with the head football coaching ranks. There's no question about it. The introductory video that Paul referenced, you can see it on Twitter everywhere. It was seen more than 2 million times yesterday, and he's already offering elite JUCO prospects, four-star prospects. It's been a long time since Jackson State has been recruiting and trying to punch at that level. Paul, great to see you. We'll see you this afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the SEC Network for the Paul Feinbaum Show. Four hours of great college football talk. The SEC's back, and we'll have you back next week. Paul, thank you. Thank you, Professor. (laughs) Class is now dismissed. Class is now dismissed. Uh, Your quick thoughts here on Dion, because this really is a really big story. And if you're not old enough, I can't even emphasize what a big deal and what kind of player this dude was. Well, you don't even have to be old enough because Dion's been around for a while. And you can, yeah, everybody knows who Prime is if you're an athlete, a young athlete, older athletes. And look, in, in my opinion, he deserves an opportunity to coach at the professional level or the collegiate Power Five level. You hiring these other dudes that have, like, stop. Like, I mean, I hate to go to Jay Will and the Giants, but they hired Joe Judge, who was a special teams and a receiver coach for the New England Patriots. And, and, and so when I look at this sort of stuff, I'm like, you know, Florida State hired uh, Norvell out of Memphis, who, mm-hmm. you know, did a good job in Memphis. But if I'm Florida State and I'm trying to get my program back to where it was under Bobby Bowden, Clemson's Deion Sanders, way up there, right? They yeah, I'm, Clemson. I'm, I'm, I'm like – Prime Prime knows that he has to, and that's Deion Sanders, knows he has to hire the right assistant coaches. It can't be the homeboys. We all know that. But in people's minds, they think that when you decide to hire a former athlete, the first thing you start doing is bringing this crew along. And it doesn't know. We know better than that. We understand where we're at in the position that we're put in. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Prime in Jackson State. I really am. Because like he said, like Paul said, and like you said, Zubin, he's going to attract people. And he's going to, and, and he's going to get them to the next level to the pros, and that's going to be enticing for a lot of kids. Got to tell you, for him to have this first job at HBCU is monumental. It's monumental. A guy like Deion Sanders going back to a place like that and saying, "I'm going to own it. I'm going to make it mine, and we're going to make this thing bigger than ever." I mean, we're seeing Maker Maker. He, he's a top top you know fifty recruit. He decided to go to Howard. 
Uh, Lavelle Moten is a really good friend of mine. He's a head basketball coach. Basketball player. Basketball in North Carolina Central. So having this happen in basketball and football, you have a, another top 10 recruit, a kid named Mikey Williams, uh, one of the most talented kids we have in high school basketball, thinking about going to a HBCU. Mm. It, it's a different age where players and coaches recognize their brand and how they can work with historical black colleges. I love where this is going. That's a great point. Eddie Robinson started it. He was one of the greatest coaches of all time, and he obviously made his name in the HBCU ranks. Still to come, making your name after missing back-to-back NFL seasons with devastating ACL injuries, and then getting back in the league with one of the best teams out there. Who are we talking about? The incredible journey of this running back is on the way. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Jarek McKinnon was a first all-Southern Conference selection in college, a third-round pick of the Vikings back in 2014, and our player resume brought to you by Indeed. Find the high-impact, hire-your-business needs at Indeed.com slash high-impact. And on that tip, we welcome in Jarek McKinnon, who is now playing for the San Francisco 49ers and found the end zone. Jarek, good morning. For the first time in about a 1,000 days on Sunday, for people that don't know your story, you missed back-to-back seasons, complete seasons, had an ACL injury. What was it like to get there after a thousand days in the end zone for your first touchdown after everything you've overcome? Um, man, a relief, a relief just to be able to know that I'm going to wake up and play a game on Sunday. But, um, you know, it was a long process. I had to trust in the process, uh, you know, keep grinding it out, you know, after the back to back surgeries and, um, you know, just come out there and give them all my first time. Jared, when you look back at, Everything that went on at, at MetLife on Sunday. What do you think about that turf? Uh, it's not the best. It's not the best playing surface. There's a lot of injuries, uh, especially on our team. Uh, they had some injuries as well. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, you don't. You know, you're out there warming up, and you know, you could you could feel how bad the turf is. And then, um, you know, the game kicks off, and then you know, you see guys going down. You know, back to back to back. Uh, it's very unfor- unfortunate. So. Um, and I guess it's just one of those things that, you know, you just got to adapt to, but um, definitely not the best playing surface. With Morstead and Coleman out this week, possibly likely out, and you got to carry the load and get prepared, moving from the third back up basically to the one back, what goes into your preparation in that mindset? Um, I'm not really sure the status of those guys, but, uh, you know, my preparation stays the same. Uh, you know, whether it's third, second, first, uh, one rep, ten reps, twenty reps, uh, doesn't matter. So, you know, I'm focused. I'm locked in as usual, and um, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I'll be ready regardless. Jarek, Jay Williams here. First off, man, I, I commend you for going through the therapy that you went through. Battling back from knee injuries are are, are challenging. Appreciate it. 
Um, so much love and respect on that. But psychologically, as you see all these guys go down and you're going back to this same stadium, how do you how do you psychologically get yourself ready for that? Um, you know, me personally, I've already been through a lot. I've already been through, you know, the worst of the worst. So, um, you know, I'm not really paying attention to it too much. Um, you know, like I said, they're not the best. So, you know, you don't – after seeing a lot of injuries, you know, you hope that they can do something about it just for the safety of, you know, everybody playing in the game. But, um, you know, for me, you know, kill is kill. I'm on a mission personally, so I'm ready. Being on that mission, let me ask you this, man. There's a lot of controversy, obviously, and conversations that are going out there. You're going to keep it 100 with me right now. Should running backs <laughs> – now, that's real. It, 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 you know, they, these running backs are falling – you know, they're falling like flies, right? Whether it's McCaffrey mm-hmm. injured, whether you look at a Saquon Barkley injured, whatever the case may yeah. be. Should running backs still be valued from an economic standpoint, paying them long-term? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like I said before, it is unfortunate with the injuries, but, I mean, you know, all those backs, you know, they run the ball, they catch the ball, uh, you know, pass protect so much that the running back position, uh, you know, does individually. So I don't think, you know, just because the injuries, you know, are happening that they should be devalued. Um, there's a lot that, you know, a running back can bring to the game. Uh, you know, especially one who can do more than one thing that's versatile. versatile. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we still should be valued and continue to get paid down the road. We're talking to Jarek McKinnon of the 49ers. Lastly, Jarek, what's it like being a running back in a guy like Kyle Shanahan and the creative offense he brings to the table? Uh, you know, I just think it's just fun. You know, the way he's able to, uh, you know, make matchups and mismatches, uh, create those mismatches, and, um, you know, he's a mastermind, definitely a wizard when it comes to the play calling. Uh, so it's definitely fun being in the offense. You know, personally me, you know, my third year in the system, but first year playing, um, it's just a lot of fun. You know, he knows he knows the game so well. It's, it's ridiculous. And, um, you know, he's not just out there calling plays. You know, he's setting up for something down the road. So, uh, you know, it's been fun. I, I've been enjoying it. And I'll continue to enjoy it. That's great stuff. His father is a two-time Super Bowl winning coach and Mike Shanahan. And obviously, you guys went to the Super Bowl a year ago. See if you can get over the top. Super Bowl 55. And as Jay referenced, you'll be right back at MetLife. After taking on the Jets, you'll take on the Giants. So stay careful. Stay safe on that field. And congratulations on an amazing return to the National Football League and getting back into that end zone. Thank you so much. Go get that money. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. I appreciate that, Facts 100. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. <laughs> All right. Great stuff. And we finally opened him up. There you go. All he had to do was talk about money. All you got to do is say money. It's going to get everybody excited. It's almost like familiar voices. Gotcha. You start off with him, right? right? So you spook him as a journalist. Right. But when players start to engage, it's like, okay, cool. We, we I think we'll be safe here. And, he, and he's a young guy, man. He, he'll be fine. No, that's 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 the real talk you guys always talk about. We'll have Key's real rankings coming up next. Key's always unique. We're not going top five. With Key, we're going top six. So Key's top six are on the way. He it's will my have, rankings. I'll do what I want to do. Yeah, we'll have it straight from Key. <laughs> Music means the NFL. And Key's rankings means not your top five, not your top ten, but your top six. Top six. That is correct. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone offers free battery testing so you don't spend money on something you don't actually need. They're also the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries if you do need a change. Next time you're having trouble starting your car, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. AutoZone. 
number six. Raiders. This guy right here. We talk about the Raiders right now at the number six spot. They were not in the power six last week, but they snuck in this week after watching them last night against the New Orleans Saints, a tough team without Michael Thomas at the receiver position. They go on the road. They lose this game to a team opening up a new stadium in Las Vegas despite not having any fans. Jacobs running the ball, Waller catching the ball, and Derek Carr dealing to several different receivers while John Gruden dialing up plays. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Number five, Rams. The man's so good, they better give him his own jail for Jalen Towie because these receivers are on 24-hour lockdown. <laughs> you got to love that with the Rams. Jalen Ramsey is on 24 lockdown. No receivers at all caught one pass iota from the Philadelphia Eagles last weekend. But when you look at the Rams, the things that they can do, getting the ball to Woods, Cooper Cup, running Henderson, Jared Goff on the offensive side, Dylan and Willen, Sean McVay calling plays, look like the Super Bowl appearing Rams to me. Defensively, I mentioned it, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Brockers, they are certainly headed in the right direction within the division. It's going to be a tough out against Seattle, but so far, so good. Number four, Packers. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. He said it again, relax. 2-0 start. I know that everybody's looking at the way that Aaron Rodgers is dealing the football, but a lot of questions came at the beginning of the season, especially after Jordan Love was selected at the quarterback spot on whether or not Aaron Rodgers had enough weapons to throw the football to. Well, he's answered that question on 2-0 start so far. This football team looks like it's going to win the division and not the Minnesota Vikings. Number three. Chiefs. How about those Chiefs? How about those Chiefs? Now, the Chiefs. People would say, why are they sitting at three instead of number one? They deserve to be at number one. They have not lost since the Super Bowl. But when I look at them, they're on the brink of losing. At some point, they're going to drop it. And I think it may be against the Ravens coming up this weekend. They went out to Los Angeles, and it took a miracle of sorts to win that game against a rookie quarterback that didn't know in Justin Herbert that he was even going to start in front of Tyrod Taylor. 
But the Chiefs at number three with a close tie at second, right there at second with the Seattle Seahawks. So we'll see. Number two, Seahawks. Everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. I gave it away at the number two spot in Seattle, but that's okay. I'll clean it up real quick here. When you look at Russell Wilson, delivered five touchdown passes to five different receivers against the New England Patriots and a tough team in Cam Newton. If it wasn't for the last play of the game, Seattle loses that game without the 12th man, but they didn't. Russell Wilson willed them the victory. This team is about the quarterback now, no longer the Legion of Boom. Pete Carroll has shifted from defensive mind to offensive mind. This is the reason that they are right there, and they're going to be right there in the end to try and get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Number one. Ravens. I think it proved to people that you were throwing the ball that you Probably not. <laughs> not bad for a running back. <laughs> Last year, right? Well, the Ravens, yeah, that's right. The Ravens are number one. They move up from the number three spot to the number one spot because of a guy named Lamar Jackson. I know a lot of people question what his ability was going to be in terms of coming back in the offseason to the regular season, being able to deliver the football to his receivers and He's answered, the, he's answered the bell. There's no question about it. He's not one-dimensional. He is a fantastic quarterback who happens to just be a baller playing the position. And those are Key's real rankings. As Lamar said there, jokingly at the podium, he said it last year and it fueled him. Not bad for a running back. Huh? Not bad for a quarterback either. Jay, I got to ask you this. Is, this is the only well, rankings I've seen where the Chiefs are not well, in the, the top one or two. I love when I just get a chance to be quiet and listen to Key talk for like a good two and a half minutes because he'll talk himself in circles sometimes. So I just want you to know, I know it's your six, your yeah, six in the way you want them to be, right? Yes. But your same reasoning on why you had Seattle because they, you didn't hold them against them because they did find a way to win because Russell Wilson led them to victory, even though it could have been different. You held against the Chiefs. You held against the Chiefs and you moved them down three spots. Why? Well, how come that wasn't applicable for Seattle, but, because, it, but it was applicable for the Chiefs? Because New England's a better football team and a rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert that the Chiefs played against on the road on in the an road. empty stadium. Okay. That's why. Did okay. I answer that better for you? Okay. That was, does that make, does that you. logical? Thank you. How about – how about All right, oh, Mr. You know, Duke? I, I know that was – Smarty whoa, Pants. Hey, you're Mr. USC. <laughs> um, how about – you know? I, I know that we both didn't agree with Dan Orlovsky – on Josh Allen being ahead of Russell Wilson as it relates to the MVP category. But how close are the Bills to breaking your top six? They're right there. Doesn't mean that they're not seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't have seven or eight. I could get you seven or eight if we get a little more time. Uh, but our producer only wants six. He didn't even want six. I had to fight to get the six. <laughs> and so when you look at the Bills, they're right there. There's no question about that they, they can play with those other six teams. But based on what I saw from the Raiders last night, Put them in front of the Bills. Okay, I'm with you. Take me inside the Raiders because that might be the one most people are surprised at. Seattle littered in the top six. Kansas City littered in the top six. Baltimore, obviously, with the unanimous MVP, Lamar Jackson. Um, but this is now yet another year for John Gruden. First year was a little rough. Last year, remember, they were 6-4 and four and poised to go to the playoffs. They and they fell good. off a yeah, cliff. Yeah, they did. Shroom, bam. Fell off a cliff. But now they're 2-0. and oh. It's a small sample size. But that's the one I think of I'm listening to you. Raiders, really? Well, if you watch the way that they played last night, they played pretty good football. Derek Carr is supposed to actually be fighting for his position to, with Mariota, and that's not the case. Marcus Mariota will still be on the sidelines the rest of the year because – 
clearly Derek Carr, two straight 4,000-yard seasons, has now given Coach Gruden exactly what it is that he wants at the quarterback position, methodically moving the ball down the field, not making any mistakes, not turning the ball over, getting it to the playmakers. And then when you look at the defensive side of the ball, although Michael Thomas was not there, Drew Brees was not in sync, you could still tell that the defense had some giddy-up to him. And I like him because the 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 – the defensive line coach and Rob Marinelli has those guys up front playing real football now. Yeah. They're really getting after it. So when you look at it, yeah, they could be seven, they could be six, they could be eight, but I put them at six because it's my damn rankings. <laughs> Fair enough. One quick thing, the general manager of the Raiders, Mike Mayock, longtime draft evaluator on the NFL Network, sort of like what Mel Kuyper does for us, coming out of school, he was as high on Marcus Mariota as anyone. So a lot of people thought they were literally bringing him in to push Derek Carr and knowing the front office was really in lockstep and could really unlock something in Mariota. But you're saying absolutely not. Clipboard for now. Clipboard for now. Like, What's wrong with Derek Carr? Derek Carr, Derek, Derek Carr is a Super Bowl contending quarterback. Three years, I think it was three years ago, maybe four. I got to look at my math, but not long ago, he was an MVP candidate. He got hurt. If yeah. he doesn't get hurt those last several games, he probably wins the MVP. He takes Jack Del Rio to an AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots and may beat New England. Who knows? And goes to the Super Bowl. All I'm saying is we're talking about big boys here, and this is business. So if somebody isn't trending in the right direction, if you don't think they're trending, bring somebody else in. I have no problem with that. But Marcus Mariota wouldn't have been I'm the not answer, saying he though. was the answer, but Derek Carr, take it. Lay he out. took it. Still to come, Key will tell you why Derek Carr can lead the Raiders to a Super Bowl. That good. That's nice. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.